Are you guys ready to get in the Word? That's, that's a little better. If you don't know who I am, my name is Pastor Dave. Um, I'm actually the facilities manager of Calvary. I take care of the buildings. I'm the building pastor, I guess. Uh, but today, I don't come before you as the facilities manager, but I come to you almost as a missionary for Royal Family Kids Camp, as the director of Royal Family Kids Camp. And uh, I wanted to share some things with you. Um, Royal Family Kids Camp is a camp to the abused and neglected kids of the ages from 7 to 11 years of age. And it's a week-long camp that we get to take them on and uh, just share the love of Jesus with them. It's an awesome, awesome time. And uh, so today we're just going to share a little bit about what Royal Family is, but uh, more importantly, the heart behind Royal Family. These kids that are from the age of 7 to 11 and many foster care systems are considered unadoptable, even though they're perfectly adoptable, if you're willing. But a lot of times they don't get adopted during that age, and there's not a lot of things going on for them. But I tell you what, we have an opportunity to be able to take them to a camp for one week and share the love of Jesus with them and make some moments that will change their life. That's our opportunity, Calvary. And I want, I want you to catch the heart of what that is this morning. Before we get into it, let's, let's pray and uh, let's give this to God. Lord, right now we just we thank you for your word. I pray, Lord, that you would speak to us, speak to our hearts, show us what you are doing, and, and help us to come alongside and join you in it. Lord, I pray that you would challenge us deeply, not just about camp, but in our lives. Challenge us today. Speak to us. I want you to repeat this after me. Dear Jesus, speak to my heart. Change my life. In your precious name, amen. So this morning, I'm going to talk to you about making moments matter. Making moments matter. Life is full of moments, right? It's actually one moment after another until now, right? It's just been one moment after another, and that's and that each moment makes your lifespan. Some are good moments, some are bad moments. Most moments come and go, and you don't even remember them. They were insignificant. They were just moments. Not another thought goes into them. But if I was a betting man, I'm not. But if I was, I'm pretty sure I bet I could tell you to bring up a bad moment and there would be one to come, that comes to mind for you. We all have them. We all have bad moments in our lives that impact us enough that they stick with us. But at the same token, I, I imagine I could say, Think of a good moment, and there would be one that comes up. There'd be something that comes up into your mind that says, yep, I remember that moment. But the moments we really remember are the ones that impacted us the most, that kind of changed the course of our lives or made who we are a little bit. Those are the moments we remember the most. 
and it only takes a moment to change your life. That's it. It can take a bad moment or a good moment, but it can change your life. It only takes a moment. For me, the most significant life-changing moment for me was 25 years ago, November 3rd, 1996. That's when I radically encountered Jesus, and it changed the course and the direction of my life. I have never been the same since that day. I've been on this pursuit to know who he is, to try to reach the depths of who he is. It changed me. It was a significant moment for me. And that moment mattered. Right? That's a moment that matters. The moments we make at Royal Family Kids Camp matter. We get the opportunity to take these young kids that have been abused and neglected and been through trauma, and we get to take them out of their environment and put them somewhere where maybe for the first time they can feel like a kid. Maybe for the first time they go swimming, or the first time they, they, they go fishing or, or do a craft. Or even have a choice. They get to be a kid for the first time. And those are moments that matter. It'll change the direction of their life. It matters. And these will be some of the moments that they will remember for the rest of their lives. A lot of Royal Family Kids Camp kids, 10 years down the road, go, I remember that week remember it they even hold on to their little photo album and they re relive it over and over again they remember it don't take my word from it but uh i got some quotes this is from a parent in washington a royal family is a is a national they're they're in 48 states they're trying to nail down two more and in several countries but this is a, a parent in Washington that said, God bless you and your entire organization. Last week was the best week in Brandon's life. What a rewarding experience for our little guy. I asked if he wanted to return next year, and he said, next week. <laughs> right? But listen, she says, we have noticed a calmer and more flexible Braden since his return. You folks are winning the battle in rehabilitating children that normally aren't fortunate enough to attend such a positive summer camp. That was from a parent. This is the one that gets me. <laughs> this is a quote from a camper in Santa Barbara. It says, as the bus was approaching camp and the kids on the bus could see all the counselors and staff waving their name signs and cheering for the approaching campers. It says, a returning camper turned to a new camper. It said, those are the people who love us. This returning camper, looking at the new one, maybe, she, maybe that camper was a little nervous. Hey, don't worry. See those people cheering for us? Those are the ones that love us. 
They love us. Moments matter. It changes lives. In James 1.27, this is kind of the foundation verse for, for royal family. And it's this. Pure, pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for the orphans and widows and their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. In other translations, it says, instead of distress, it says their trouble and their affliction or in their trouble. You know, when I look at this passage, and I really look at it, I realize there is nothing in this passage, nothing that this passage is saying that I can do in my own strength. Taking care of orphans and widows and refusing to be corrupted by the world, there is nothing in there that I can do by pulling up my own bootstraps. One, I can't do it alone. It takes a body. We need, we need that accountability, and we need the hands to serve, to take care of people. But the reality is there's nothing I can do in my own strength. I need the supernatural power of God to do any of that. I can't do it by myself. I can't do it in my own strength. I need God. So in order to make moments matter for the orphans, for the abused and the neglected, the first thing we need to do is pray. We need to pray. Now you may be asking, how do you go from James 1.27? I'm just letting you know I'm going to be a mess through this probably. I'm going to let my tears speak though. But how do you go from James 1.27 to prayer? Well, the book of James starts with prayer and ends with prayer. James starts with prayer and he ends with prayer. And in between he puts all this stuff like taking care of the widows and the orphans and controlling your tongues and faith without works is dead. And treating each other good without quarreling. And looking into the word of God and not forgetting it after you've read it. Right? All this stuff in the book of James. James is a great book. You should read it. But he starts with prayer. In James 1.5, he says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. Well, that's prayer. You need wisdom. Pray about it. God will give it to you generously. He gives it to you. And you want to make moments matter? Well, you need some wisdom. You need wisdom. You need the wisdom to be able to see the moment that God is working so that you can join him in that moment. You need the wisdom to see it. You need wisdom. So you pray about it. God, give me wisdom to make moments matter. Let me see those moments. Wayne Tesh in 1985 started a camp for the abused and neglected foster care kids in California called the Royal Family Kids Camp. So it's been around a minute since 1985. But do you know it took wisdom to put this camp together? To even get access to foster care kids, it takes wisdom because he has to work with the state. 
He has to work with all these other organizations. And he had enough wisdom to say, you know what? I can teach others to do this. And they can do it across the nations. And that's what he did. He had wisdom. So pray that God would give you wisdom to see the moments. James also ends with prayer in James 5.16. It says, the effective, fervent prayer of righteous man avails much, right? The effective, fervent. This is how he ends his book. He's like, effective, fervent prayer. I like one translation says, it works wonderfully. It works. Fervent prayer works. You want to make a moment matter, fervently pray about it. Bathe it in prayer. Maybe you need to make a moment matter with your neighbor. Start praying about it. God, give me wisdom to see the moment and pray fervently for it because it works. So we need to pray. To make moments matter, you have to connect. You got to have contact. You got to have connection. You're not going to make any moment matter from a distance. There's got to be some kind of connection. And Jesus knows how to connect with lost people. When I read through the Gospels, I see Jesus connecting with lost people. In fact, in Luke 5, 31 through 32, it says, Jesus answered and said to them, Those who are willing have no, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. That's out of Jesus' own mouth. How many of you know in order to call someone to repentance, you have to have some kind of contact with them? You've got to be able to call them. That takes a connection. In Luke 19.10, it says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. That's what he came to do. He came to connect with sinners, with you and me. What's interesting about both of these passages is he was, in both of these passages, Jesus was sitting and having dinner with tax collectors. They were sitting with, he was eating a meal with tax collectors. Now, the religious people of that day frowned on this because tax collectors were thieves. Now, I don't know what you think about the IRS, but this was a little bit different. This was a little bit different because what tax collectors were doing, they were robbing the people blind. They would, they would collect way more taxes than what should have been collected. They would send off to Caesar what was Caesar's, but they would keep the rest. And for the most part, a lot of them said these tax collectors were traitors because they're working for the Roman government. They were part of the oppression. So a lot of times, tax collectors and prostitutes were all kind of bundled in the same category as sinners. And the religious leaders thought you shouldn't have anything to do with them. Why are you eating with such people, Jesus? Because he says, I didn't come for the righteous. I came for the sinner. 
I came to call people to repentance. The first passage I read to you, that tax collector, was Matthew. That moment, that meal, changed his life. He forsook all that and followed Jesus and became a disciple. He's part of the twelve. The other tax collector was Zacchaeus. I already know the song, right? Zacchaeus was a wee little man. When he went to his house and had a meal, Jesus told him, salvation's come to this house today. Because he was like, I'm done with stealing. In fact, I'm, everything I stole, I'm giving it back with interest four times as much. I'm not doing that anymore. Those are moments that matter. This tells me in order to reach a lost person, the person that has no relationship with God, you have to be in contact with them. And that takes initiative. You're not going to be able to put a sign in your yard and draw people in. No, you got to go to them. It takes initiative to make contact. Now, I told you that both of these verses and context is going to the sinner's house and sharing a meal. Jesus wasn't afraid of doing a little bit of life with these people. He wasn't afraid of that, just a little bit of life with them. Jesus just didn't send somebody, hey, Peter, go, go tell them about me. He didn't do that. He went to their house. He had a meal with them. He came and made a connection with these people. And if you want to make a connection to like the abused and neglected, you have to find a way to be in contact with them. Now, there's only a few ways you can do that. You could be a foster parent. That's one way to connect. And if you are in this place, if you're a foster parent, you're my hero. God is using you to affect and change lives. Now, statistically, in Citrus County here, on average, when you look at how many foster kids are in our system on an average monthly basis, is about 280. You may be going, wow, that seems really low, and it is. It's because the reason that number is so low for Citrus County is because most of our kids that end up in foster care get sent out of our county. They end up somewhere in Florida because we don't have enough homes here. Citrus County doesn't have enough homes to take care of the foster care kids. I'm just trying to be a voice for those kids. They don't have one. If God calls you to that, God bless you. That's awesome. But maybe you go, that's not for me. That is not everybody's cup of tea. Not everyone can do that. So you've got to find a way to get connected whether that's through a mentorship program or through a Royal Family Kids Camp where you get to spend one week and do a little bit of life with these kids. And it changes them because you're going to make a moment matter. So what does connection look like? Well, it looks like this picture. Not that one. There's another picture that's going to come up. As soon as they click it. 
Where's my picture? <laughs> Who's back there? Come on. There it is. That's what connection looks like. You know what that is? That's a mud pit. That's what connection looks like. If you had a child stuck into that mud, because connection is more than just words. It's action. That's what connection looks like. If you had a child up to his waist or up to his chest in the mud, stuck and not able to do anything, you coming down there and going, come on, Johnny, crawl on out of there, we'll get you cleaned up, is going to do nothing for that child. We'll get you cleaned up. We got a meal for you. We'll get you to bed. That does nothing for the child because the child is going, I'm in deep here. I'm up to my waist in mud. I can't. I can't move. Same thing if going to a child that's been through trauma and abuse and neglect and just going, Jesus loves you and has a plan for your life. He is, he is looking at his life going, what are you talking about? Don't you see what I'm in? Don't you get what I'm going through? What do you mean he loves me? Now, what it's going to take is someone rolling up their sleeves and willing to get muddy. To crawl in there and say, all right, Johnny, I got you. I'm going to set you on some solid ground. I'm going to help you get cleaned up. I'm going to give you a warm meal and put you into a safe place of rest. Because these kids don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. You got to get muddy. You want to make a connection? Get muddy. Get muddy. In Psalms 40, 1 through 3, it says this. I waited patiently for the Lord to help me. And he turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground, and he steadied steadied me as as I walked along. Oh, did you catch that? He hears the cry. He sets you on solid ground. But he doesn't just go, all right, you're good now. No, he says, I'm going to steady you as we walk along. (laughs) I'm here. I'm with you. And then he says, he has given me a new song to sing. You know, these kids get a new song at camp. A hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed, and they will put their trust in the Lord. You have to embrace the mud to make the moment matter. You have to embrace it because they will throw mud on you. Some kids are runners. They'll push you away and they will run. But you know what they're going to do as they run? They're going to look over their shoulder and and see, are you still behind me? Are you still there? Are you like everyone else that says, fine, run? I'm not going to chase you. Are you still there? They may say hateful things. 
They may cuss at you, but they're going to see. They're going to push to see, are you just saying you love me or do you truly love me like Jesus? Are you going to be able to look at me and go, hey, that's all right. I love you. I'm not going anywhere. Because it's in those moments, it's in those moments when they're throwing mud on you, that's going to matter. That's where the connection will happen. That'll be the moment that God uses to change their life. Because they'll be able to be on a bus one day and say, see those people? They're the ones that love me. They proved it to me. I dished it and they took it and they still love me. They didn't go anywhere. It's going to be the moment that matters. You may be asking, can a week make that big of a difference? Really? Can a week really do all that? Well, I'm going to let Samantha tell you the difference a week can make. Put your eyes on the screen. For over two decades, Royal Family Kids has been confronting abuse and changing lives. They serve children who have been neglected, children who have been the innocent victims of every type of abuse imaginable. Royal Family Kids has introduced hope into the story of thousands and thousands of children of abuse. This is Samantha's story. Someone called to get me out of my house, and I have no idea who it was. All I know is the police showed up at the door with social workers and caseworkers, and um, I don't know who called. And I was like, it was an angel then. You know, God was, was there with me, and he was like, okay, it's time for this to end. And he made someone feel compassionate enough to call, and that's how I was saved. If Samantha had not been taken out of her um, original home, she probably would have wound up dead at some point. And nobody would have known and nobody would have missed her because nobody knew about her. Samantha was considered to be the worst case of abuse um, in Greene County, Missouri. I was abused from five to eight. So at five, most kids don't remember a lot. But from what happened to me, I remember just about everything. Memories of um, what my dad's did to me. You could tell she had been an abused kid. She has lo had lots of scars on her body. Her hair was really messed up, very tiny, had been malnourished. I never knew um, what was going to happen, when was going to happen. So I was scared most of the time. Samantha had to use liquid soap if she wanted to brush her teeth. She had to eat on the floor. When she was thirsty and didn't want the parents to hear the water running, she took off the back of the toilet and scooped up water in the back of the toilet to drink. When I'd be taken to the basement to get beaten, I'd be like, am I gonna get out of here alive? So there's still times in life where like something happens or someone says something and it just like hits me and it's just like a slap in the face. When I first met her at camp, um, she never smiled. There was nothing happy in my life, so why would I need to be smiling for anything? By the end of the week of camp, she was smiling. We have pictures of her smiling, uh, which was just an amazing change. You know, it was the best week of my life, my summer. For the first time in eight years, I had fun. 
and I was treated like a normal kid. These were the very first of my life. I don't remember any time in the past where I was given a gift. She had never um, been swimming, she had never been fishing, she, just a lot of things that she had never done before. She was very eager um, to participate in all the activities. But these are the first where you're just extremely happy and um, 10 years later I still remember them. And this camp is important, it does change lives. We're, we're there to touch these kids but at the same time these kids touch our hearts as well. my name He knows my every thought He sees each tear that falls and hears me when I call Samantha was just like on the, the edge of her seat just waiting for the opportunity to come back to camp um, and to serve. I get to be a counselor for the first time and I am so excited. I cannot wait till camp. This is my chance to make a difference in their life. Never going to camp would completely have changed my life. You know, I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't be with the family I was. You know, that's where I met my mom. She fell in love with me there. I think a week can make an amazing difference um, in a child's life. If Samantha hadn't have gone to royal family, I just wonder, would she have the hope? Would she have the successes? Would she have the achievement? And not going to camp, would I still be bouncing from foster family to foster family? Um, what I have ended up, you know, on the streets, running away. Without camp, you know, life would completely be different. I think God saw Samantha, he looked down on this little girl, and I think he just, um, I think he has intervened. Um, she was a child that should have had so many difficulties, so, so many problems, so many disorders to overcome. And to look at where she was and where she is today, I mean, God's just done a huge work in her life. A week can make a difference when there's moments that matter. Since this video was recorded, Samantha is now a high school teacher in math. And she's going on to get her doctorates. And she is part of running a royal family. A moment can change a person's life if we make every moment matter. So you got to roll up your sleeves, you got to be willing to get a little muddy because it'll be worth it. So three things you can do to make moments matter. Pray, connect, and get muddy. And get muddy. Embrace it. Live life with some people a little bit so that you can make some moments matter. So this summer, we're doing Royal Family. It's happening. Here's what we need from you. 
we need everyone to pray for camp. Pray for it. Start now. Start praying into it and bathe this with prayer because we want the presence of Jesus to be there. We want the Holy Spirit working so when those kids get there, they go, this is, this is peaceful. There's something different here. They encounter God. Start praying now. Pray for camp. But we also need volunteers. We can't do it by ourselves. We need volunteers. And there is something for everyone. Maybe you say, I can't do a whole week. Trust me, that's important. We need people to do a whole week. But maybe you're in the boat where you say, I, I, phys- I just I can't do a whole week. Well, can you give us a morning, an afternoon? Maybe you got some skills. Maybe you're a craftsman. You got some skills that you can do some things before camp ever starts to help us get things together. There is something for everyone. We need volunteers. And if you're interested, next Sunday, November 28th, we're having an interest meeting. We want you to register so we know how many people are coming so we can prepare. But next Sunday, if you're interested, during third service, we'll be meeting over there. And if you say, I'm physically unable, I'm just physically unable to do any of those things. Maybe you're in that boat. Did I mention you can pray? I just want to make sure that's clear. You can pray. But maybe you're physically unable. Well, you can give. For 500 bucks, you can sponsor a kid. You can give. If you're like, how do I give? Well, just put RF, Royal Family Kids, RFKC, in your memo or on the envelope. Or look for it in the drop down online if you want to give towards it. And it'll help fund and get things rolling for camp. So pray, volunteer, give. And like I said, there's something for everyone. Because we need, we need all sorts of skills. If you're a nurse and you want to go to camp, we need a nurse. We'd like to have two. <laughs> There's all sorts of things. If you're interested, please, November 28th. So are you ready to make moments matter? Are you ready to make moments matter for an unreached and forgotten kids in Citrus County? That's what we're looking at, for the forgotten of kids of Citrus County. Then embrace the mud. Embrace it. It's time to roll up your sleeves and get muddy for Jesus. It's time to make some moments matter. And this goes far more than just for these kids. You need to make moments matter for everyone in your life. You need to pray into them and make connections. Because it's those moments that change lives. No matter where you're at. If you're rubbing elbows with people in Walmart... Do you know it's hard to make connections with lost people if all you do is rub elbows with church folk? You need to, need to be in your neighbors. You need to be down at Walmart or in Publix 
in contact with people, willing to get muddy. Today, this morning, maybe you say, you know what, Pastor, I'm the one stuck in the mud. I don't know how to get out. I'm the one that's in that pit of despair. I'm stuck. Maybe it's with addictions. Maybe it's with depression. Maybe it's, maybe it's just you're stuck in sin because you don't have a relationship with Jesus. This is the moment that matters for you. It's what are you going to do with Jesus? Because that determines the course of your life. And I'm telling you right now, Jesus wants to come in, pull you out of your mud, sit you on some solid ground, and he wants to walk along with you. Does it mean everything gets great and easy? No, Jesus doesn't do that. But I tell you what, he knows how to get you through hard moments. And he'll give you eternal life. 